Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Physique Science presented by BioLane LLC. I'm your host, Lane Norton, and I'm here with my co-host, Sohi Lee. Sohi, how you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome, awesome. Uh, are you excited? I'm super excited. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I can hear it. I can hear it. You're about to break the desk over there. <laughs> I can hear it. Well, uh, you know, I, I assume a lot of our listeners will probably know a little bit about us, um, but for those who don't, uh, we'll give a, a real brief introduction. Um, I, I got into you know nutrition and fitness because the whole story, I was picked on when I was a kid, all that kind of stuff, and uh, ended up parlaying that into uh, a love for bodybuilding that extended into um, a bachelor's in biochemistry and then a PhD in nutritional science and uh, went on to you know uh, get a pro card in natural bodybuilding and powerlifting and all that jazz. Um, but t- today I really, I feel like, um, <laughs> I feel like I'm, uh, kind of gotten to the point where like I'm known as the guy fighting the invisible war against bro science. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I, it's funny you and I kind of, uh, came across each other, uh, in, in a, in a funny way you were writing an article and, oh yeah, uh, about a year and a half you. ago. It yeah. was super random. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell our listeners a, a little bit about yourself and and, and kind of how you got into fitness and uh, where you are now, uh, that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, well, I got my beginnings. I guess when I was thirteen, I went through. Uh, I w- that's when I'm. I had some eating disorders. I was going through um, anorexia, anorexia and bulimia. Um, the funny thing is that I was able to hide it from all my friends and family. Nobody had any idea about it. And I, didn't, at the time, I didn't even recognize that it was an eating disorder. I didn't see, I didn't see it as a problem until later on. I went to high school. I went to boarding school in Southern California, and you know, I continued to struggle. I was running uh, 10 to 15 miles a day. So I was, t- yeah, I was terrified of of gaining weight. And my senior year of high school, my second semester. After I got into college and all that stress was gone, I discovered weightlifting. I picked up an oxygen magazine, actually, and I loved the look of the cover models and everyone in there. And that's the first time I realized that it's possible to look like that without being a professional athlete. I just didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you you talked about, you know, getting into it from an eating disorder. Yeah. Um, We hear that story a lot. We also hear the opposite story, that people get into fitness and then get eating disorders. I think one of the things you and I are both very passionate about is uh, trying to help people with eating disorders because uh, we just see it so much as coaches. You and you, you, you do coach people, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You and I both as coaches, um, you know, we just see it so much. I, I never realized how, how problematic and prevalent it is in the fitness industry and, uh, you know, I'm sure you've seen it. I've seen it destroy people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. just, uh, they can't do anything without obsessing over food. And it, it really, uh, it sucks, you know? And, uh, I mean, I've, you know, I've worked with some of the, the top athletes, physique athletes in the world. And, um, you know, some people who you would say, wow, wow they would never be, uh, self-conscious. And there, some of them are some of the most self-conscious people you'd ever has ever see. So I think we'll definitely talk a lot about that in this show. I think what will set this show apart from other shows is, um, we're not only going to touch on the, the physiological stuff. We're going to touch on uh, psychological stuff. I say a lot that I don't separate uh, physiology from psychology, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's important. Um, you know, you you and I, uh, 
Well, I guess we can talk about how we met. Uh, you were writing an article. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to piss off about 20% of our listeners. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but I, I think it's important because you and I are both, you know, we're, we're about balance and we're about, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the scientific method, but also, you know, uh, not, how do I say this? <laughs> um, about not being, you know, kind of a zealot or, uh, you know, dogmatic about oh, any yeah. one point, you know, mm-hmm. that, that you, certainly there are different ways to, to, to do things that we look for kind of the most optimal way and also the way that requires the minimal amount of suffering, you know, mm-hmm. um, I tell people, you know, uh, yes, you'll have to make sacrifices in fitness. But what I see out there a lot is people who sacrifice for the sake of sacrificing so they can brag the most about having sacrificed the most. And I think that's completely stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But you were writing an article about intermittent fasting, correct? Right. Yeah. And so, So how did you get my name? Uh, I think it was, it was really late at night. Uh, I was trying to finish it up. And at this point I was still the beginning of building my brand. Uh, but it was, you know, I had, I was an intern at Chrissy performance at the time. So I had to go to work the next day. Um, and then I was, I was on G chat. I used to G chat a lot. And, uh, I talked to, I hit up Dick Talons from photography and I said, Hey, guess what? I'm writing an article on intermittent fasting. And the topic specifically is, is intermittent fasting for you. So it's going to be an article for, that'll help you determine whether it's a good fit for you or not. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. He's like, hey, you should really pull in an expert to, to you know, an expert's opinion for the piece. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that's a great idea. And he goes, let me email, <laughs> let me email Lane Norton and see if he'd be willing to help you out. So he emailed us. This was July of 2012. And I was super surprised. I think you got back to me in less than an hour, really <laughs> late at night. We're like, sure, how's this quote? And you just gave me a paragraph. Um, so I pulled from that. I added it to my article. And the next day it exploded. Yeah, well, and, and um, now you actually uh, liked a lot of things about intermittent fasting, right? Yeah, I actually was intermittent fasting when I wrote the article, yeah. which is what a lot of people overlooked. Um, I think they misunderstood <laughs> yeah. They misunderstood the article, which was really funny. Well, yeah, and, and, and so uh, I think what we're getting at this is this kind of leads to our point about people who are, are, are kind of zealot followers. And, yeah. And certainly, you know, I've had people who, you know, almost get the same way about me. And, like, I'll tell people, like, look, I, I appreciate your your support, but at the same time, I, I do want you to think for yourself. You know, I don't want you just to take everything I say and run with it. I want you to research it yourself. But uh, what was funny is I, I – I, really didn't say anything bad about intermittent fasting. I said that I thought it was fine for fat loss. And I thought for a lot of people, it, it fits their lifestyle. Well, you know, um, but I didn't, you know, based on the research I had done in, in graduate school, I, I, I didn't think it was optimal for muscle mass. And that was pretty much the gist of what I said. And, uh, yeah, we both got a significant amount of blowback from that. It was like, <laughs> it was like we went in and, uh, uh, kick people's dogs and, uh, you know, uh, pissed in their cereal. I mean, it was really, yeah. it was, it was kind of, well, I don't want to say it's surprising because I know people, uh, get that way on um, the internet. You know, yeah. Especially yeah, the, the, the problem is, is like when you, when you have beliefs, you know, that, 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 um, you know, when something's a belief, you know, in, in science, there are no beliefs. It's just, you either support a hypothesis with data or you don't, 
you know, uh, but when you have beliefs, you know, you get very, um, get very, uh, uh, um, uh, emotionally tied to that. So that was interesting to see how that whole thing went down. But, uh, interestingly, we, uh, kind of, ex uh, kind of chatted back and forth over the years. And then last year, um, uh, you know, I got to the point and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I totally will admit this, uh, that, uh, after I did the, the first metabolic damage video, uh, I had, <laughs> uh, yeah, I had no idea how much that was going to blow up. I, at, at the time I thought that, you know, kind of these metabolic issues that people were having, that it was maybe, you know, 10, 15% of people. And then I realized that I was sorely underestimating that amount uh, of people in the competitive world. And I was getting so many inquiries per day that I was actually spending about one to two hours a day just writing people back, telling them that I couldn't work with them um, and referring them to other people. And it was just taking so much of my time. Uh, and I, I think I, I think I made a post on Twitter or Facebook. It was actually really tough for me because I always prided myself on answering every single email that I, I'd ever gotten. And, um, I basically said, look, if, if you're not a client, I, I can't promise that I'm going to get back to your emails. You know, I'm really sorry about this, et cetera, et cetera. And you sent me an email and, mm -hmm. uh, said that, uh, you know, that you, know, you want to help. And, uh, I, uh, you know, uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm not going to let you help for free. Uh, you know, I want you to, I want you to, you know, get some, something for your time. And, uh, so anyway, you were, uh, you were, uh, Either the first or second person I hired. I can't remember if I hired Ben first or you. Ben is my. I think uh, Ben was right before me. Ben was right before you. Yeah, uh -huh. I went like a hiring spree. I would swearing <laughs> I'd never hire uh, anybody to hiring two people in the span yeah. of like two weeks. But uh, Ben Escrow uh, is is a friend of ours. For those people who who don't know, Ben is great. Um, we we wholeheartedly recommend you check out his site, uh, DenovoNutrition.com, and uh, Ben uh, is is our staff registered dietitian for BioLane. And then so he is, is uh, basically does everything else uh, other than, you know, I, I handled the client interactions, uh, but uh, basically what you did for me was free up a lot of my time to be able to work with clients. And now you assist with screening clients and, uh, and helping to refer people that we can't take on and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think you, did you quite know what you were getting in for when you, when you signed up for that in terms of how many inquiries you were actually, we were actually going to get? Uh, no, <laughs> but you know, I came prepared with my tricks to be more efficient with the emails and I, I figured out my own system. So we're good now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was definitely, uh, for a while there, it got, uh, got pretty crazy, but I think now people kind of, uh, know that, um, you know, I'm pretty full and, uh, so I still get inquiries, but usually it's really only, only very serious people now, especially cause I say it on my site. Mm -hmm. I am expensive and please only contact me if you're serious. <laughs> um, yeah. But, uh, you know, anyway, uh, you know, um, so you've been a huge help uh, to the company and, and helped us to expand. And now we get to do this podcast, which I'm uh, extremely excited about. You know, I was on uh, Muscle College Radio with uh, Dr. Wilson and, uh, you know, there was a, f a few things that popped up uh, to where we, we couldn't continue that. I believe he has his own uh, podcast now on uh, bodybuilding.com, I think, and we wish him well. And uh, nothing but the best, and, and and hope things go well for him. Uh, but I'm excited to get be able to get this podcast, and uh, you know a few of the things we're going to cover. We're we're going to cover anything that is related to nutrition and training, and and we may even you know tackle 
uh, kind of like just kind of news every once in a while. But we want to make the focus on on the science, but also bringing it to a level that that people can understand. Because I don't you find that that's a huge problem, uh, at least with with uh, clients. You like when you talk to people mm-hmm. that if the people who like aren't scientists, it's almost like they they just give up on trying to follow what's going on because they say, well, I can't understand what people are saying anyway. Oh, you mean in terms of scientific lingo? Yeah, or... exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it can be a huge problem. So we're going to try and distill that down. Uh, we're going to try and, uh, you know, give you guys the research, give you guys the tools to uh, understand a little bit more about the data that's out there. And then we're also going to relate that with our own practical experiences for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as well as our clients, because we have that experience. So uh, this is just kind of the introductory episode to introduce, introduce you guys to, to who we are, and what we do. And I guess, I guess we should give our credentials uh, just, just for those people who happen to come across us on iTunes or whatever, who have never heard of us. Uh, so, so he, why don't you go ahead and list your credentials so people don't know that we're just two people that walked in off the street and started doing a <laughs> podcast. Uh, well, I have my background in, in pre-med. That's what I studied in college, but I majored in human biology. I initially was a human performance uh, concentration, which is essentially kinesiology. Mm. Uh, and then I switched, but I, and I completed all the requirements for that. But then my senior year, I decided that I thought psychology was so much more fascinating. So I mm. managed to tweak my concentration to uh, psychological and biological determinants of health, which is pretty much a very fuzzy way of saying everything in it anything to do with being human. <laughs> yeah. Very and nice. I actually made up my own concentration. You can do that. Um, so I went from there. I interned at Cressy Performance after uh, I graduated, and now I'm in New York, a trainer at Peak Performance. I have my NSCA CSCS, and I'm currently studying for my uh, Precision Nutrition Certification. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I did my bachelor's in, in biochemistry, and uh, then I, I did my PhD in nutritional sciences with a with a emphasis in, in protein metabolism, and uh, that's pretty much it. I I didn't really want to go out and get any more certifications after I did my PhD. I'm like, that's I don't think it. you need anymore. Uh, all my all my uh, all my academic uh, it drained all the life out of me in terms of uh, wanting to put any more letters behind my name. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I. Uh, you know, it definitely, it's great. You know, I think a strong science background is great for understanding this. But one of the other reasons I wanted you on the show as a co-host is, one, I think it's great to have uh, a woman's perspective. And two, uh, I wanted somebody else who was a coach who could, right. could kind of understand, you know, the, the day-to-day interactions with clients and that sort of thing. So I think what we're going to do uh, now that we've kind of covered the basics of the show and what we're going to talk about and we're going to have a lot of guests. Um, I plan to have at least one guest per month. We're going to make it start out with as a as hopefully put out two shows per month and maybe move up from there. But uh, we plan to have a lot of guests, and we have some really awesome guests that I, I I'm so excited to to bring to you guys. And we'll be announcing those as they come up. But what we're going to do is we're going to make a quick break, and uh, we're going to come back. And we're actually we proposed uh, on Twitter. We said, you know, this is our first episode. We'd like some questions from people. So we're, we picked a couple of our top questions and, uh, and, uh, we're going to answer some of those. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is physique science radio. Hey guys, Lane here. 
Well, you all know how much I love variety in my diet. I can't stand eating the same bland food every single day. That's why I love www.myoatmeal.com. It's an amazing website where you can go and customize oatmeal. I know, I know, I know. Why would I want to go customize oatmeal? I can eat it right out of the bag. Well, let me tell you why. MyOatmeal.com has 22 billion combinations of flavors and ingredients. You heard me right. 22 billion combinations. Whether you're picking out a pre-made blend or making your own customized blend, they have all kinds of flavors. Want red velvet cake? No problem. Snickerdoodle? You can make it happen. Butter rum? Oh yeah. Cheesecake? You can get it done. And you have all kinds of additives you can add. Apples, raisins, pears, nuts, all kinds of seeds. And you can sweeten it any way you want. Need to eat gluten-free? No problem. They've got it. The best part of it all? The macros are listed as you're customizing your blend. And they change depending on which ingredients you add. Eating a little bit lower carb? No problem. Choose ingredients that make your carb count lower. Need more protein? Add higher protein ingredients. You can customize your blend to make it almost any breakdown that you want. And the prices and macros change as you change your blend. So go on over to www.myoatmeal.com and check out some of the blends that have already been made. Or be adventurous and make your own. That's myoatmeal.com. Check it out, guys. Hey guys, one of the things that's always on my mind is how can I give back to the industry that has done so much for me? That's why we formed the BioLane Foundation. The BioLane Foundation is a philanthropic initiative to raise money for grad school level research that is going to contribute to the fitness industry. And 100% of all your donations will be paid out to students. If you'd like to donate, you can go to BioLane.com, click on the About tab, and click on BioLane Foundation, and you can put your donation in through there. Or, if you're a student and you'd like to apply for a grant, go to BioLane.com, click the About tab, BioLane Foundation, and you can find the applications online there. Thank you guys so much, and I'm looking forward to all the great research that comes from these donations. Hey guys, you know me, and you know I love cooking up macro-friendly option meals. But sometimes when I'm always on the go, that's just not an option. So when I'm on the go or can't cook a meal, I love Quest Bars. You know I love protein and fiber, and these are packed with 20 grams of high-quality protein and super high in fiber. And it's easy to stay on target when you've got Quest Bars that you can bring with you anywhere. They're delicious compared to other bars that taste like bricks and leave you feeling gassy and bloated. So pick up a bar of Quest Bars today at questnutrition.com, GNC, and Vitamin Shop. Also, follow them on Instagram at questnutrition and youtube.com slash questnutrition for great recipe ideas to keep you on your goals but eating delicious. You're listening to Physique Science Radio with Lane Norton and Sohi Lee. If you like what you hear and you'd like to learn more about us, read some of our articles, please visit my website at www.biolane.com and Sohi's website at sohifit.com. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you listening and hope to hear more from you in the future. And we're back with Physique Science Radio. I'm your host, Lane Norton. I'm here with my co-host, Sohi Lee. And uh, we spent the first part, so he talking about how uh, how we got into this, you know, being arrogant and talking about ourselves, and well, mostly me talking because you know how I am. <laughs> but uh, 
Um, you know, so now we're going to, we're going to, it wasn't, a, we didn't want to kind of spend the first episode because it's the introduction, all that stuff. I didn't want to, you know, try and go into a full on subject because I know how long it takes to actually cover a subject properly. So we decided to do a little bit of Q&A in our, our first episode. And we actually got some, some pretty good questions, I thought. And uh, so the first question I got that I, I want to cover is from, uh, on Twitter, is from Matt Dustin, M. Dustin Fit. I'm sorry, M. Dustin Fitness. Uh, and he said, I can't wait for this. Thank you, Matt. Uh, what's your favorite ways to determine uh, baseline metabolism for setting macros? And since we're both coaches, so he, I, I don't know how you do it, but I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on what you do in terms of how, if you're setting up somebody's plan, how you determine what macros you're going to start them out on. Sure. Well, most of my clients are fat loss clients, mostly women, fat loss clients. Um, and so I, I normally start with them off. I have them fill out a comprehensive client questionnaire. So depending on their dieting history, um, any health complications, uh, how much they're training, things like that, that'll all affect what numbers I give to them. But very, very general, I like to st start out at 12 times body weight calories. So mm. I don't know how Lane does it, but I like to start out setting total calories first. And mm. I actually have a Excel spreadsheet that kind of does all of the equations for me when I tweak the numbers. So I'll put in their body weight and I'll say, okay, body weight times 12. So it'll give me the total uh, number of calories. And then I'll say, all right, I want protein to be, um, let's say 1.1 times body weight. If they're pretty lean, you know, I'll give them a little more protein. And then depending on their activity level, let's say they're super, super active, I might give them 1.4, 1.5 times body weight carbs, and then the remaining, it'll give me, it'll spit out whatever's remaining for the number of fats that I give them. So that's, yeah, but I also, you know, I eyeball things. I say, okay, her body fat looks pretty high. Maybe I can drop calories lower for her starting baseline numbers. Um, maybe I'll start at 10 times body weight for her. Mm. And then I just start from there. Yeah, because obviously if you're, if somebody has more body fat, they, right. they it's not like if they're 200 pounds, they have 200 pounds of lean tissue. So right, yeah, right. That, so, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I'm also fine, for example, if someone's, if I have a 200 pound client, uh, maybe who, and I look at their dietary record and they've got very, very low protein, I'm not going to say, all right, you're going to have 200 grams of protein a day because <laughs> they're not going to be able to hit that number. They're not going to get anywhere close. Right. So I'll start out at maybe 0.8 body, times body weight or maybe even lower um, especially because they have much higher body fat, so they can afford to lower their protein a little bit. Yeah. So take all that into account. Good point. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not. I'm a little different. I'm not too dissimilar though. Um, but I usually use um, dietary recalls, and uh, so I'll have people track their macros for kind of what they're taking in for about a week, and then send me those numbers, unless they they kind of know what they're already taking in. In that case, I say, okay, well, what are you eating? And, uh, you know, typically whatever somebody sends me, uh, I'll say, okay, well, are you maintaining on this? Have you been gaining on this? Have you been losing on this? And, you know, a lot of times it's a complex answer because it's, it's, it's a, a lot of times you get a situation where somebody's like, well, I'm eating this during the week, but then I'm, you know, cheating badly on the weekends. And so I'm, you know, net maintenance, but that I'm losing three pounds during the week and I'm going up five pounds on the weekend, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but I, I really like the dietary recalls just because uh, it gives you a better idea. Um, I think I think that the 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 body weight times and number 
certainly gets you in the area. And actually, when I was using those kind of formulas, body weight times 12 is, is exactly what I would use kind of as a starting point for fat loss. And I still do use that sometimes. But what I'll typically do is I'll uh, – and usually it will actually get you pretty close. Um, but typically what I do is I'll look at their, their dietary recall and say, okay, well, based on this, where should we start them out? Because, for example, I've had people come to me. Uh, I had, a, I had a, uh, a gal kind of jumps off the page at me. She came to me and she, she was getting ready for a show. And, uh, and I was very worried because she was 35 pounds over her show weight. And I was like, oh, okay, well, this, you know, I, she only gave me like 20 weeks or like 18 or 20 weeks to get it ready. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, I don't know if we can, you know, that's a lot of body fat for a woman to lose in that period of time. And uh, I said, okay, well, what have you, what, what's your current, you know, protein, carb, fat intake? And well, it turns out she was maintaining her body weight on over 3,500 calories per day. So, you know, if, and she was 170 pounds. So if I, if I had started her out on, you know, let's see. Let me let me pull out the calculator real quick, just to just because. So you do have outliers. So if I yeah. started her out in twelve times body weight, it would have been around uh, two thousand calories, I think. It would have been uh, twenty forty. But right, which would make sense. Right, which uh, you know she certainly would have lost on. But uh, I actually started her off higher at twenty five hundred because if she was maintaining on on thirty five hundred. Um, she was obviously going to lose pretty, pretty quickly, even going down to like 26, 2700. And so that's why I kind of like, I like using, I guess a combination. I like using the mm-hmm. dietary recalls and I like using the, the body weight times a certain number, uh, because body weight times a certain number will work for most people. And then if you get the dietary recalls, you can also pick out the outliers because you also have the opposite. You'll have people who, um, will come to you and they'll be maintaining their body weight on 1200 calories and doing yeah. cardio a day. And you're like, okay, well, uh, you know, obviously 12 times body weight isn't going to work. But in that case, I tell people, well, it's it's time to consider reverse dieting. Exactly. <laughs> which, oh, yeah. uh, which I, we, will definitely, we will definitely, for anybody, you know, I'm sure a lot of people will see my latest YouTube video on that. But we will also have a show covering that for sure. Um, so, but then, then when, once I have a, a calorie, I'm like you, I set calories first because I want to mm-hmm. know what kind of budget I'm working with. I always look right. at Calories is kind of a budget, right? Um, and uh, protein, I set first, and protein is typically around that one gram per pound mark. And people will ask me, you know, is it per pound lean body mass? Is it per pound body weight? Well, it's kind of splitting hairs a little bit, but yep. uh, I usually do one gram per pound unless somebody's like very o- overweight, obese. Uh, and then obviously they're not going to need that much protein, so I'll do, I'll do less. You know, I'll do like 0.8, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um and age also comes into play. There's other there's other factors. Uh, a lot of times we'll all get, um, I guess, different because you work with a lot of gym pop and I work with a lot of competitors. Yeah, um, that's where we. It's all actually get come to me with a ri- ridiculous protein intake. You know, I had a gal who came to me. She was 140 pounds. And she was eating 300 grams of protein a day. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. And she couldn't understand why she thought she actually had a. She also had a gluten intolerance, and I'm like, no, you're bloated all the time because you're eating so much protein. <laughs> wow, I don't even know how. Yeah, you do that. That's impressive. So, yeah. So, well, uh, she got gurued, as we like to say. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, and so coming from that perspective, I dropped her to 220, not because she needed 220 or that I thought it was best, but because I knew that if I tried to take her down to 140, it was just like, you know, one it's hard to convince somebody once they've been told that that's the way to do something to, con- to just 
totally disregarded, right? Right. And uh, two, I don't like to shock people. You know what I mean? I like to now. What I did was I kept bringing her protein down slowly and gradually over time as we added carbs back in to compensate. Uh, but it took some time. But I, I do. So I set protein first, and then uh, I look at a fat actually second. And uh, because I like to have a, a kind of a minimum of like 20% of calories from fat, um, just for kind of, you know, there's some evidence that if you get fat too low, you can have hormone problems and that sort of thing. Uh, although that may be a, an issue of overall calories. Um, the research hasn't really delineated that yet. But since it is there, I, I like to say, okay, well, let's do a minimum of 20% of calories from fat. And then I kind of, I'll go, I'll go anywhere from 20 to 40% of calories from fat, just depending on where... They were before, uh, again, if somebody was like really, really high fat, you know, I may end up towards that, you know, 30, 40% range for the simple fact that it's going to be easier for them to transition into this diet um, if they've been kind of consuming something similar beforehand. And then obviously the remainder of calories I will fill in with carbohydrates. Um, and then that, that's kind of how I start off at, at the set point, uh, at, the, at the beginning point, you know. But I think you'll, you and I will both agree that um, regardless of where you begin, uh, the real function of a coach is not the beginning. It's the, the, the kind of the, the, the overall, um, you know, upkeep and uh, correspondence that really makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we've got time for, for one more question we're going to hit. And uh, actually, this comes from, from, uh, from a client of mine. I'm going to give her a little shout out, Lori Piper. She's a IFPA figure pro and she's a, she's, a, she's kind of a badass actually. She's a, she's a, when she came to our camp, uh, our VIP camp last year, uh, people were, a lot of the guys were like, Lane, why you got to bring somebody here who's leaner than we are? <laughs> but um, she had a, a question about why is it important to uh, when you're, when you're dieting, to only make small uh, adjustments in, in, in calories as opposed to, you know, cutting them like a bunch. And, and what, what, you, what we mean by that is like anybody who's ever dieted down knows that when you hit a plateau, you're going to hit plateaus as you diet, you know. And so the question is, why is it important to kind of go slow as, as to make big, big chunks? And I have my own thoughts on that, but I'm interested as to, as to yours, Sohi. Uh, well, we can approach this from a number of different angles, but for me, coming from a practical standpoint, I always think, and I know, Lane, that you, you feel the same way, I always want to be able to feed my clients as much as possible while still making progress toward their goal. So if I can Absolutely. get them eating, you know, 150 grams of carbs, let's say, a day, and they're making progress on that, then I have no reason, I have no good reason to cut that down to 100 carbs, 100 grams of carbs, 100 grams of carbs a day if, if they're doing fine. If, if I were to do that, yes, they would still, maybe they would make a little bit faster of progress in the beginning, but they are going to get to a point where they're going to stall. And once you get there, you're just back into a corner where you, you're forced to drop calories even more. Yeah, this, and this kind of brings up a central crux of a concept that I call metabolic capacity. And, uh, you know, basically the, the idea behind metabolic capacity is like if you had two people and they're exactly the same and they both have the same amount of fat to lose everything, but one person maintains their body weight on 2,500 calories a day and one person maintains their body weight in 4,000 calories a day, who's going to have an easier time dropping body fat? Mm -hmm. It's going to be the person on 4,000 calories a day, right? Because they're, they're just, their, metab their metabolic rate's faster. Well, 
I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, when I'm working with somebody, I want them to diet on the, the most calories that if they're doing, if they're going for fat loss, I want them to be able to diet on the maximum amount of calories that they can diet on and still make progress. Now for every, for a lot of people, that's going to be a different number for, for each individual person. But if somebody is diet, can lose body fat, like you said, 150 grams of carbs a day, why would I drop them lower than that? It doesn't make yeah. sense. But unfortunately, you have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there, but not, not, not to pick on the coaches so much. There'll be plenty of time for that. Uh, but even like um, just generalized kind of like physicians weight loss and these sort of things, they just tell everybody, you know, 800 calories, 1,000 calories, 1,200 mm. calories. Yeah. And yes, you will, you will absolutely drop body fat on that. But the question is, what happens when you stall? Because you will stall because your body will adapt to that, that calorie level, Okay. So the, the important thing is to have that metabolic capacity, leave some quote unquote, uh, something in the tank to actually cut from. Yeah. So for room. example, mm-hmm. if you, if you have a gal and you start her out and she can diet on hundred grams of carb, 150 grams of carbs per day when she stalls, okay, maybe you cut her to 120 or 130 and then the progress picks back up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well then maybe she stalls again. And then you cut another 20 and the, the progress picks back up. And so you have a little more room to cut for before you, before you get into kind of the area where it's like uh, really super low calorie. Um, and because uh, that's what we see a lot. We'll, or we'll see people who stall and then they just they cut their calories massively. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, that's you want to you want to your your metabolic rate is the biggest asset you can possibly give yourself uh, in terms of fat loss. And we see a lot of people kind of destroy their metabolic rate with the, by the way they diet over time. And uh, I'm sure it's going to be the discussion of a lot of different episodes because, um, you know, the, 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 the people have spoken in terms of my kind of YouTube vids and my, the subjects I cover. And they're very interested in these topics in terms of, you know, metabolic capacity, metabolic adaptation, those sort of things. So we'll definitely cover those. Um, but, yeah, I just think it's extremely important to – to keep calories as high as you possibly can while still making progress. And unfortunately that's a concept that's pretty foreign to a lot of people. Yeah. And on the flip side, actually, uh, I think this is a point that doesn't get brought up enough by, by coaches is the whole expectations that, well, well, if I'm working with you as a client, then I, then you should change my plan every ah. uh, two to four weeks. Let's say, especially when it comes to nutrition, you know, training is different, um, but nutrition, I think I've kept a client on the same macros for up to, I think the longest I would, it was eight weeks because there was no reason to change the numbers. Yep. And she said, well, why aren't you changing my numbers? Uh-huh. And I reminded her, you know, the job of a coach is to know when to change numbers, know when not to change numbers. Yep. And, you know, if you think that you don't need me because you think I'm being lazy, Think about what you would have done without me. You would have said, oh, I'm making good progress, but I think it's been, you know, two, three weeks. Let's cut more calories. Yep. Let's cut more calories without needing to at all. Yeah. No, that's – that's you are 100% right. And I, I will tell people, like, look, what I'll t- basically tell them is, like, look, are you look interested in optimal results or are you interested in me doing busy work so I can look busy? Uh, <laughs> because it doesn't take a whole – it doesn't take that much more time for me to tell you drop this, drop this. Uh, as opposed to just say no changes, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, uh, but the 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 you're you're absolutely one hundred percent correct that a lot of coaches will change things and shuffle them around just kind of for the sake of appearing busy. And uh, again, uh, I actually had a guy. He he he. Uh, I put him on a, a prep plan, 
and it's he's complete outlier. Never had to change it at all. Got contest lean oh. shredded, and wow. we never had to make a single adjustment to his diet. It was the weirdest thing because, I mean, I keep data on most of my clients, and what I find is most people will typically stall in their their fat loss progress anywhere from once every I would say two to four or three to six weeks. Um, now some people are outliers on either side. Some people will stall more frequently. Some people will stall less frequently. So if you've got Let's say you kind of take the average and it's they stall once every three weeks and uh, you got somebody and you're going to put them. It's going to be an 18 week diet. Well, that means you're going to have six different sticking points uh, on average. OK, well, uh, that's why you want to be on as many calories as you possibly can, because if, <laughs> if I've got to make six different adjustments, that means that maybe you started out at 200 grams of carbs a day dieting. But by the end, you were down to, you know, 100, you know, something like that. So that's important to keep in mind. Um, and like you said, if you're just dropping throughout just for the sake of dropping, well, now you're kind of like uh, um, uh, encouraging your body to make uh, these negative adaptations to reduce metabolic rate, yeah. which is exactly what you don't want. So I think that's an extremely important uh, uh, point because I, I will have people say, hey, do, as you lose weight, do you reconfigure macros? So basically like uh, – if you started out with 12 times uh, body weight for something, since I lost two pounds, should I then take my new body weight and go 12 times mm. that, right? So basically they'd be chopping 24 calories off. Or should I, you know, should I decrease, you know, my calories by, you know, like 5% per week or something like that? I'll tell people, no, you know, I think you only, you only make adjustments as needed, you know? And that's kind of the same thing even with reverse dieting. You know, it, it, now it kind of there's a little bit of difference because with reverse dieting, you're wanting to make adjustments because it's, you know, you're feeding people more. You kind of force somebody into an adjustment if they're not ready for it. You know, if they're, if they're, they're reverse dieting, let's say they, they, they put on a little bit of weight or they gained a little bit of body fat or something like that. You want to you be patient. You know, you don't want to make an adjustment just because it's time to make an adjustment. So I think, and even, I even kind of, you know, with, you know, obviously you want training periodized, but I also kind of like, I will get people who will say, well, I'm ready for new exercise. Or I'm ready for this, you know, new program or this and that. And I'll, I'll tell people, uh, you know, look, I, I, I kind of do believe in the adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? You don't want to mm -hmm. set your, you don't want to set your threshold too high for training volume and you don't want to set your threshold too low for calories. Mm -hmm. So, I think uh, I think that covers it. I mean, we uh, you know obviously we we picked out like three or four questions that we were going to answer, and then of course I I got talking, and uh, you know we <laughs> we uh, we didn't get through all of them that we wanted to, but wanted to give you guys kind of a taste on what we're uh, what we're going to discuss here on this show, and um, hopefully you guys will uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also you can uh, check out more about the show at biolane.com. And uh, if you want to find out more about me, obviously you can uh, go to Twitter at BioLane, Facebook.com uh, slash Lane Norton, or YouTube.com slash BioLane. Sohi, if people want to find out more about you, where can they go? Mm -hmm. uh, website, all my names are the same SohiFit.com. Twitter handle is SohiFit. Instagram is SohiFit. Facebook page is SohiFit. Um, YouTube, I'm not super active on there yet, but it's also SohiFit. Awesome. So, really awesome. easy to remember. Why aren't you active on YouTube? Get your butt in gear. I mean, you sound uh, like you're dragging your feet. It's on a little my bit. list. 
It's on my list of things <laughs> the year. I, I think I've been avoiding it. <laughs> camera shy? Well, if you read the YouTube comments on my videos, I can understand why you avoid it. <laughs> I think it's that plus uh, I'm technologically handicapped. So the thought of having to figure out how to do all those things is too much for me right now. <laughs> but <laughs> If you're technologically handicapped, then I'm completely incapacitated. <laughs> So, all right, guys. Well, we want to thank you for listening to the first episode of Physique Science. And uh, like I said, we're looking forward to an extremely successful run. And uh, we cannot wait to get uh, some awesome, awesome guests on here. And we'll be, we'll be taking, uh, we'll be doing all kinds of stuff with this. We don't even really know where we're going to take it exactly just yet. But we know that uh, it's going to be very special and very cool. So thank you guys for listening. And uh, we will see you next time on Physique Science Radio.